Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630 WLAP, the home of the Cats, right here in Lexington. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking to Cats. If it is a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show is brought to you by Birch Sheet Metal. We'll tell you a little bit more about them in a bit. we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Kentucky's playing Florida this weekend. There was uh, news on the recruiting front, news in the NBA for former Cats, and a fellow SEC member got hit with some big old sanctions. But we'll start with the Florida game, Kyle. Um, you know, they, they beat Ole Miss, so they got a good win going into this one, but I'm just not sure I believe in the Gators at all this year. Yeah, I think that's always going to be a tough place to play, um, Florida. But, uh, yes, they, they're 12-8. and eight. Uh, they've lost already three SEC games, four and three in the league, uh, took overtime at home to beat Ole Miss. Ole Miss pretty good this year. Obviously it's been a surprise, but they've also gotten blown out by Florida state. Uh, they have, uh, lost to the strange South Carolina team. Um, I, I don't know. It's weird though. Like they've also played pretty well in some of their losses. I mean, they, they, had a chance to take out Michigan State at home, uh, didn't get just totally destroyed by Tennessee at home, um, lost by three on the road to Mississippi State, uh, lost by five on the road in the Big 12 uh, SEC Challenge to TCU, a pretty good TCU team. I don't know. I don't know what to make of them. They're, they don't really have a great win. It's weird. They've already played Butler twice, lost to him on a neutral and beat him at home. Bad. Beat him by 30, beat Butler by 34 at home. I guess that's their best win. West Virginia, not really a great win this year. They did beat West Virginia on a neutral floor. But this is certainly one of the times, one of the rare times, maybe the first time since I've been covering Kentucky in seven years, that you would almost expect them to go win at Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, almost every year, even if Kentucky's good, Florida is uh, also good, and and that is a just a, a tough tough place to play. So... This is an opportunity, I guess you would say, um, that Kentucky needs to not not blow. Um, they're on a roll. Calipari keeps talking about being halfway up the mountain and not wanting to slide back. You know, this would, I think, this would go a, a decent way towards uh, proving that this is a team that is. You know, I think Vanderbilt helped, but Vanderbilt was kind of, uh, I think, a broken team. I don't think Florida is quite the broken team that Vanderbilt is, and and I don't think the crowd will be as terrible as the. Vanderbilt crowd or is lopsided for Kentucky. <laughs> um, you know, this is, I think this is a chance to show, okay, after these three huge wins in a row, these emotional wins, the big one against Kansas, you know, you have this week where you go on the road twice in the league and play pretty blah teams. Um, you know, can you keep your focus and win them both? I, I think if they come out of this weekend um, unscathed, that that says something about this team, not because either of those, either Florida or Vanderbilt, are are particularly worthy opponents, um, but just because I think it will mean they maintain their focus. And by the way, Florida uh, is either going to suddenly become an NCAA tournament team, or their season is going to be over in about eight days, because they now play Kentucky, Auburn, and Tennessee in a row, and Auburn and Tennessee are on the road. 
So by February 9th, Florida's season could be over. Yeah. Remembering back to last season when Kentucky went down there, Kyle, you might recall this. It was, I think Kentucky came in with a three-game winning streak after suffering that four-game losing streak, and Florida was actually the last team Kentucky lost to before they were eventually eliminated from the NCAA tournament. There are some similarities if you want to compare them. Uh, It looked like Kentucky had turned a corner last year and was doing really good things, but Florida kind of just dominated them down there. But obviously Florida lost a lot off of last year's team, and they're not the same squad, so I don't think that from a Gator standpoint, it, they can expect the same things. I am, I'm interested in the crowd, just like you kind of mentioned there, Kyle. Florida normally has a great crowd when Kentucky comes to town, but, you know, I mean, and it is what it is, but I was watching that Ole Miss game, and Ole Miss is ranked, or were ranked, or, you know, they're a pretty good team, and when they did the low shots and you look up at the, the, the upper arena, it's at best half full, so I, it'll probably be a sellout or close to it, but, uh, you know, I'm guessing if Kentucky doesn't do what they did against Vanderbilt, that would be really impressive. But it has a win, and it's easy, and it's 10 points late. I'm thinking we might hear the Go Big Blue chants again from some people who live down in Florida uh, and are vacationing for the winter down there uh, that may be filed into the arena. Yeah, I would think there's at least a chance that some Kentucky fans, a decent number of Kentucky fans, get in there. There usually, usually aren't many. Uh, that's usually one of the loudest, toughest spots. I mean, they're all tough for Kentucky. It feels like, you know, every, just about everybody, if they're even halfway decent, uh, has their, their full, you know, house for Kentucky. But Florida is, is a different animal. Um, they love, they have a, a rowdy student section, uh, which became delight this year when the Tennessee players uh, strutted uh, and, and made a, made a uh, what did they do? I forgot what they, they did. They did the gator uh, chop at them. That's right. That's right. Chomp. Gator chomp it, uh, to to the to the student section. Because I guess they were saying. I think the quote was inhumane uh, things that someone in the student section was saying. But they certainly have a rowdy. What are they called? The rowdy something. Rowdy, rowdy reptiles. reptiles. And they like to give it to Brad Calipari. They always have the the best uh, heckles for Brad Calipari and John Calipari down and there. And I'm so, sure um, uh, as we as we talked to, to Tyler Hero the other day, I think it was before the Vandy game. He'll probably be getting some business too, since he kind of seems to be an easy target for opposing crowds. Yeah, the Grayson Allen chance, the mm-hmm. the white boy who can shoot chance. Uh, you know, but this is not a, a Florida team without talent. Um, you know, Kevon Allen is a good player. Um, is he though? Yeah, you know, I, I I think he's a pretty good player. Uh, but is I, I, I was know. I was talking to somebody about this. Is he the most disappointing player? you can remember recently in the SEC that, that came back. I mean, you remember when he was a sophomore and everybody thought he was going to be the player of the year, like super-duper star, and then he yeah, struggled? Yeah, I mean, I guess that's fair. And he's uh, he's another one of the Arkansas kids, right? Like, he, everybody was hating on Malik Monk, but yeah. he had also left Arkansas and nobody seemed to make a big deal. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's fair. Uh, you know, he leads them in scoring, but that's only 13 points a game. I mean, he's good, but, he, half, he's good know, but he's good, but he's not a superstar. Yeah, two two and a half rebounds, two and a half assists, and nothing jumps off the page. I mean, I guess that's fair. Uh, you know, Jalen Hudson, like that's a weird story. I mean, they're all weird, man. I mean, like he's averaging six point two points a game. That's a guy who remember early last season. Yes, uh, had the crazy game. Was it against Duke or Gonzaga or somebody? And he's like, his minutes are 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 way down this year. I'm gonna look this up. 
All right, while yeah. you look that up, I'm going to tell you guys about Bird Sheet Metal, and then after that break, we're going to talk uh, some recruiting and NBA. But first, if you need metal roofing or siding for residential or agricultural project, go direct to where it's made. That's Bird Sheet Metal. They've got classic rib panels cut to order with a 40-year warranty in 15 colors, plus galvalume and economy grade with all the trim and accessories to match. You can give them a call at 859-485-1928 or check out birdsheetmetal.com. That's B-U-R-C-H sheetmetal.com. They've also got bubble insulation, permafelt, sliding door tracks, and aluminum frame rails. Bird Sheet Metal is located at 13113 Apex Drive in Walton, Kentucky. Give them a call at 859-485-1928 or check out birdsheetmetal.com. Don't play don't pay lumberyard prices for metal. Go direct to where it's made. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. What did you get about the the stats there, Kyle, from uh, Hudson? Well, I, I was just trying to read a story. Like, I didn't know if there was an injury I didn't know about. Like, I'm reading a story about what an enigma he has been this year, mm-hmm. uh, where he says, I couldn't, couldn't put my finger on it. Uh, he, I mean, it's, as I'm looking at this, it's really shocking. He averaged 15 and a half points a game last season for Florida. Uh, he was at Virginia Tech before that. He's averaging 6.2 now. He averaged 27 minutes a game last season, 17 this season. Uh, he shot 46% from the field last season and, and 29% from the field this year, only 25% from three. He had eight 20-point games last year. And as I was mentioning – he had 35 points in their crazy win over Gonzaga, and the next game had 24 in a three-point loss to Duke. Wow. That, what a strange year for Florida and for him in particular. He had 27, like, late last season. He had 27 in an SEC tournament, or no, in the, uh, towards the end of the regular season at Alabama. Yeah, it's, it's odd. He had 23 in the last game of the year against Texas Tech in the NCAA tournament. Um. And he's averaging six and a half points a game. So yeah. I, I don't know what's happened to Florida, but it, you know, certainly a little shine is off Mike White. I mean, yeah, you know, he replaces Billy Donovan, and suddenly he's, you know, in the Elite Eight and had a, almost went to the Final Four uh, at the very beginning of his tenure, and and it's kind of been a, a slide since then into what now is. I mean, like Florida last season looked incredible in the first month and a half, right? Yeah, that um, uh, kind of faded a little bit. Phil Knight uh, classic, or whatever they they showed out pretty well yeah. there, if I'm remembering right. So I mean, yeah, I, we'll, we'll we'll I guess we'll try to piece together a little bit when we get to gaze upon them with our own eyes in person, Kyle. So be sure to be following us for the coverage live from Gainesville. All right, let's get into a little bit recruiting. Just a quick nugget here: Anthony Edwards, the five star player uh, out of Atlanta, has cut his list down to four. Kentucky is still on it. Kansas was cut from the other five. He still has Florida State, Georgia, Kentucky, and North Carolina. Uh, as we've talked about before, Florida State appears to be the leader. If you talk to people, Georgia kind of running in second and then Kentucky, but you hear out there, don't count out um, UK. Evan Daniels of 247 and guest of this podcast had a story of, with him today. He talked to Anthony Edwards about his visit to UK. He said he got to meet with John Calipari, Mitch Barnhart, he said the visit was great. He said that he's close with Hero and Hagens. He really liked the environment. And their message to him was, come here and we can help you accomplish your dream. Um, and they also compared him to Jamal Murray and Malik Monk. So 
according to Evan, that you we should expect a decision from Edwards in the next month or so. So, Kyle, that's a, a name to keep an eye on. I don't know how good a chance Kentucky has, but seems like they said all the right things when he was here on his visit. Yeah, I mean, he wants to be a pro. I mean, he's the, arguably the number one overall player in America, even after reclassifying. And, you know, people have compared him to James Harden. And, look, I mean, he's going to be a pro regardless, but I think he wants to be as ready as he can be. And uh, Kentucky will always have that to sell, you know, and they've certainly got guards to sell and point to and say, look at these guys in the NBA. You know, I think it, it doesn't hurt watching the development of a guy like Ashton Higgins, who he knows from Georgia, um, who has just, you know, gotten better and better and better and better and gone from like, you know, nobody knowing his name to everybody nationally knowing his name, uh, you know, and, and he played well with, um, with Edwards in the building. Um, yeah, I, I think that's significant. Uh, people had already kind of counted Kentucky out, as you mentioned, when uh, the athletic, we had our, our Florida State writer go to his high school and spend some time with him. And he te- that guy called me, our, our Florida State guy called me. Um, it's in the story he wrote. While he was sitting there interviewing Anthony Edwards, he got a text and the guy was like, and, and he said, look, it's John Calipari. <laughs> um, so, you know, obviously that relation, that was a few weeks ago, that relationship was still pretty strong um, even as people had already kind of written Kentucky off and then it wasn't long after that that he scheduled his official visit and made his official visit to Kentucky so I think they really would love to have him and and anytime Kentucky would really love to have somebody and especially when it's a guard uh, they've got a shot and now that they've gotten him on campus I would I would say they at least have more of a shot now than anybody gave them you know a month ago I would agree all right let's switch it up go to talk about some of those pros that Anthony Edwards wants to be at some point. Tonight it was announced that Anthony Davis and Carl Towns were both going to be all-stars. And Kyle, obviously Anthony Davis' name has been in the news a ton. There was some hope, I think, from a lot of people that Eric Bledsoe might also make the all-star team. I think this is fair to say in large part because he plays in the Eastern Conference. (laughs) Um, but right. there are some, and he's in, having a career, he's having yes. like a career year. He's playing great contract year. Eric Bledsoe is just doing work. Um, so th- that could still happen potentially cause there's some injuries to some of the guys on the Eastern conference team already. And you know how those things go. Sometimes people set them out. So there's still hope there might be a couple more Kentucky players, but the other kind of no news Anthony Davis wise today was John Calipari was on get up with Mike Greenberg. And I know you watch that every day, Kyle. Uh, so oh, you yeah. already know all this information. But he he was asked about Davis, and he said that he had not spoken to him since the trade requests. And he's talked. Kyle Perry's talked to us about this, Kyle. I think you you were around. Anthony's kind of a he's not different, but the way Kyle Perry describes him, sometimes he just doesn't get responses back. Specifically, like after losses and stuff, he says that Davis just won't won't hit him back, and it's nothing personal. It's just kind of Davis's personality. Yeah, and also, I just, I don't know. Uh, like, people are like, well, Cal want to coach the Lakers if he goes there? Like, it doesn't really matter if Cal wants to coach the Lakers if they don't, like, if they don't come calling. And I, I, I don't know. I'm not sure I see the Lakers calling John Calipari. And I don't mean that as, like, an insult to him, but I, I think LeBron James is going to make this call if they change coaches. Uh, I don't think that, like, I think Anthony Davis – thinks a lot of John Calipari, but I don't think he's like, I need to play for him in the NBA. Cause, because guess what? He doesn't know any better than we do whether John Calipari can be a successful NBA coach. He's a great college coach. He had an okay run in the NBA and got fired after 
a short period of time. That's true. Uh, you know, it's been a long time since he's been in the NBA. Life is pretty good for him here, for one. But, like, even if he wanted to go, basically that has to be the premier franchise in NBA history with the arguably greatest or second greatest player in NBA history saying John Calipari is the guy, not having seen him coach in the NBA in 20 years. How I like why people think that would be the first call just because one of his former players goes out there to join LeBron James. I don't really understand. Well, I, I don't see it. Maybe they're um, just scrolling through Rex Chapman's old tweets. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> that one will probably get recycled at some point. Yeah. Think it's new. Um, the old but, deep deep dive uh, and retweet to the fool everybody. Yeah, or, or like it'll pop up in that stupid, uh, like, while you're away, which gets me all the time. It'll be something from two days earlier, and it pops up new in my feed, and I re- you know, react to it like it's new. But, um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think that's a concern for Kentucky. You know, there have been other places that had like five Kentucky dudes, and some of them were the stars. And if there was somebody was going to like say, oh, well, who coached them in college? Let's get that guy. Then it would have been one of those. Uh, franchises I just uh, to me it feels like that ship has sailed also I don't think Cal's going to go coach an NBA team that he doesn't have full control of and I don't think that's happening in LA either so and also he's not going to have any control because it'll be LeBron James's team like who honestly like I love LeBron and I would make the argument and have and you know I'm I'm team LeBron on greatest of all time like just physically greatest player I'm not going to get into this stupid argument about titles involves supporting cast etc like love lebron but like if i'm a coach hell no i don't want to coach lebron because like if i don't if i get it just a little bit wrong he's gonna get me fired you know like i, I would not do that in calipari's situation I, I would not leave the comfort of kentucky where you're never going to get fired for for that situation Calipari was actually asked about the Lakers job on Get Up in a hypothetical situation, and he brushed it off, as you would imagine, um, and said that Luke Walton is doing a fantastic job over there. Coming up next, maybe one more NBA note if we have time, um, but we do want to discuss some sanctions that are possibly going to an SEC member this upcoming season. You are Locked On Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Missouri got crushed, man. Yep. Um, yep. The old uh, the old adage: the NCAA is so mad at uh, North Carolina that they crushed Missouri. They are. This is stems from a basically, and this is probably dumbing it down to a certain extent. Basically, a tutor who was acting alone completed work for twelve student athletes, and the NCAA has decided to put postseason bans for baseball, softball, and football. Those are the athletes uh, that were involved in this situation. In addition to that, there'll be recruiting restrictions. Uh, scholarship reductions. Missouri has come out and said that they are going to appeal. Kyle, you just made the the North Carolina comparison. Everybody's been making that online. And I'll, I'll say, let me say just this real quick though: if North Carolina never happened, in my opinion, this is still too much of a penalty for one tutor going rogue and and basic and cheating. I mean, that's the way it is uh, with twelve yes. student athletes. 
Yeah, and like, I mean, that, as the facts are, it sounds like that's exactly what happened. This wasn't directed by anyone on the coaching staff. This wasn't, uh, and, the, and, it, and, and it, was, it was a secret until this person came forward, and then they went to the NCAA and came clean. And the, and the moral of the story here is either lie or deny, you know, because everybody that's been honest in recent years has gotten destroyed. You know, I mean, if you, if you, if you cooperate with the NCAA, you get destroyed. If you're North Carolina and you and you go, well, we actually still we 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 recognize these courses as legitimate. And if you say some ridiculous crap like, well, the average student was also able to take these fake classes, then it's not an NCAA matter. It's absurd. Like I get it, I get the the technicality, but it, like they're never they're never going to get past it. Like they're never going to, they're never going to not be hammered for ha- hitting anybody for academics after what they let slide at North Carolina. Like who gives a crap that other regular students like did whatever we know what we do know is a bunch of athletes also did. And I mean, in what universe is like half your athletic department taking fake classes, not worthy of a penalty. It's, and you know, I think there's some pretty strong evidence that people in the athletic department understood what was happening, that these players weren't, being steered uh, in this direction just because some regular students uh, also got that benefit. It's not an NCAA problem, but then to ban the Missouri football team from going to a bowl game this year, but that's awesome news for Kelly Bryant who transferred from Clemson for one season of football that he can't now go to a bowl game unless well, they win this appeal. I, well, I, I, I think mean, it's ridiculous. I, the, and there isn't, there is, I guess in theory he would still be eligible to transfer again, but there was a report I read that he he says he's going to yeah, stick he's with. Gonna stay. He's going to stay at Missouri, and I don't think. Well, I don't know the NCAA. You never speak in anything close to a definite with them, but I feel like the appeal process is probably going to take a while. So I, I think the the bowl ban, even if it happens, wouldn't be. I know I know we're basically a year out, but I feel like eleven months till bowl season. They probably get a bowl this season since they're going to appeal because that'll that'll take a while. I'm I'm just predicting and I, and I don't know. It's just silly, but it's the NCAA and I guess they just wanted to show that they are they take stuff seriously, even though they only take oh, stuff yeah. seriously like on odd occasions when no one when when people think that it isn't that big a deal. The uh, um, the Miami player who was suspended for a year and a half or something crazy. I think uh, Evan Daniels tweeted out that that was like over four hundred or eight hundred dollars or something. I, their enforcement yeah, is just five hundred. Okay. I think it was like five five hundred dollars. Yeah, the the enforcement yeah, is just know. all over the place. Right. I mean, they've effectively forced that kid at Miami to go pro. Formerly, uh, Dewan Huel, and he's I think he's Dewan Hernandez. Hernandez. Yeah. Now he changed his name. I was like, man, this guy looks super familiar. Oh yeah, he had a different name. <laughs> yeah. uh, five star or high four star recruit is you know big time. I remember seeing him on the AAU circuit, and over basically five hundred a five hundred dollar benefit that I'm sure he could have just paid back and sat out a few games. They he suspended what all the rest of this year and all of next year. So you might as well. I think it's. Pro. I mean, I'm, I assume it's, he'll, it's fifty percent. Fifty percent of next year, if I'm remembering, that's off the top of my yeah. head. So I might be wrong, but okay. yeah. Yeah, it, it, to to your point though, you're you're basically getting a half a year of college. 
then you're, yeah, you're, you're, you're forcing the kid's hand at that point for, for what, I mean, uh, I don't understand it, but systematic academic fraud at North Carolina over years is, uh, not our, not our issue. The NCAA says, uh, it's a bad, I mean, it's just a bad look. And like I said, I, I can't, I just don't know how they, how they ever doled out any academic related serious punishment without just this getting thrown back in their face every single time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nicole Auerbach wrote something uh, for The Athletic for us today about it. And, like, she was on this call, and, like, one of the higher-ups in the NCAA, you know, in the decision-making process on this, she asked, like, could it be assumed by schools that may – could the message here be that maybe they shouldn't be truthful or cooperate? And the guy from the NCAA was like, I guess you could, you could interpret it that way. I mean, well, okay, then maybe you've done the wrong thing if it <laughs> yes. can be interpreted that way. Yes. If it can be interpreted that the way you're punishing people means you shouldn't cooperate and tell the truth, maybe you're punishing people for the wrong things the wrong way. Um, but, you know, this is what we uh, have come to expect. It's, uh, it's sad because, you know, the little guy gets screwed, the player gets screwed, uh, you know, coaches often – I mean, like the NCAA basketball scandal, you got these, uh, and, you know, I know the NCAA is still kind of working through that, and they were handcuffed a little bit, uh, pun intended, by the FBI's investigation. But to this point, you got all the low-level assistant coaches going to jail and pleading guilty and, and, you know, fearing for their freedom and certainly never working in basketball again, and not one head coach other than Rick Pitino has paid a price uh, for what went on. And, you know, it wouldn't shock me when all the dust settles, if that's exactly how it ends up, that all the, all the little guys get screwed and the, and the, and the people at the top stay right on top of their cushy little uh, thrones. I mean, like you're going to, you're going to clobber Missouri football, but let North Carolina basketball, a blue blood that has, you know, had national titles in the time period in question that you don't clearly want to strip, uh, slide it's it's a bad look it is a, it is a bad look yes there is no it's, doubt. it's it's very easy for people and especially the common fan to draw the lines and say there's impropriety here you know you don't you know that whole idea like uh, the idea of you're so mad at, at kentucky you're gonna punish you know cleveland state or so mad at north carolina you're gonna hammer missouri i mean that's where that comes from the idea that you're not gonna mess with your sacred cows but you're gonna you know you're gonna crush the the little guy Moving on, speaking of cows, um, and speaking of puns, because uh, last note here, Kristaps Porzingis was traded today, and that has nothing to do with Kentucky, with the exception of two players who are on the Knicks, and I love their tweets. Kevin Knox put out a tweet of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, a.k.a. Will Smith, that stunned uh, gif where he's kind of like looks at the camera and goes, oh, and then a bunch of concerned emojis. And speaking of con- the emoji... Our boy Enos Cantor went on an emoji spree during this whole Porzingis trade talk with the the franchise and people and ends up being traded and it's just like unicorns and hearts and eyeballs and all kinds of different faces and a mind explosion. And uh, Kyle, you said uh, uh, Cantor had a certain kind of uh, reaction to this. Yes, he was emotional. <laughs> I think we ought to like try to trademark that. Because I think that's, uh, I think we're on to something there. 
emotional. When people go when when people just unleash a torrent of, yes. of emotional emojis. Yes. yes, I mean, and that's becoming a thing on social media, and to a certain extent in well, quote unquote, real life, like text messages and stuff. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, you'll get those. So we need to we need to get on the forefront of that. Uh, trademark pending. That's legally binding. So. Poor Kevin Knox, by the way. I mean, I bet his head's spinning right now. Like, who are my teammates? Well, he's going to get to shoot all the shots, so he'll he'll be okay for a bit. But he sure. is on a terrible, terrible franchise the way it's being run right now. So, as I mentioned earlier, Kyle and I will be in Gainesville for Kentucky versus Florida. Be sure to be following along with us on Twitter. You can find me at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. You can find Kyle at Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. Read all his work on The Athletic. Follow the show at Locked On UK. Find us on Facebook. Just search Locked On Kentucky. Please rate, review, subscribe, and the most importantly, share it with somebody else who would enjoy. Thanks so much for listening to this edition of the show, and thanks to Bird Sheet Metal for sponsoring this uh, episode. Give them a call, 859-485-1928 or B-U-R-C-H-SheetMetal.com. We'll talk to you guys soon. You are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. I got things. You ready to go? Yep. All right. Welcome to Locked On Kentucky. You know what? what? I'm sorry. I said you know what we're talking about. Florida, Missouri, Anthony Edwards, Anthony Davis. Uh. Okay, cool.